Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus. Today, I'm joined by my close friend, Daniel Wolfert. Howdy, folks. This is Daniel Wolfert. So, you guys all know me. I was a student at the University of Puget Sound, had my own acapella group, the Timbermen. Daniel was a part of another acapella group there, a really good one, Underground Sound. Daniel, why don't you tell the listeners at home what you do and what your story is, really briefly? Cool. I am a senior music composition major at the University of Puget Sound. And aside from that, I am one of the two musical co-directors of the University of Puget Sound's mixed voice acapella group, Underground Sound. Aside from that, I'm a journalist and a writer and a really bad dancer. As I recall, you got some pretty good dance moves, and he's not even that bad of a chef, folks. Um, so today, acapella originals. As you guys just heard, Daniel's a composition major, has actually composed an original acapella tune that his group performed, and we're going to be taking a listen to that a little later today. But we're going to talk about some big ideas first. That's what it says on our note sheet, and we're going to stick with it. So I felt, Daniel, you would be a really good person to bring in for this because acapella is... A tricky area and especially in regards to composing originals for and you've done some of that of course and you and I had a discussion way back about what your thoughts were on this kind of strange brave new world of composing acapella originals so it's weird because acapella is generally an art form that's I think a lot seen as something focused on repurposing rearranging and adapting rather than like composing not as much original content and i think sometimes that could be seen as uh inferior to the original uh song you know i arranged with my buddy an arrangement of let it go by james bay not from frozen um and yeah we loved it i thought we did a good job but it was a lot of adapting it was a lot of taking things in the song and putting them into acapella making it our own in some ways but you know we didn't put as much musical thought and compositional prowess into it as probably James Bay did when he composed the song originally and I'd just love to hear your thoughts on this kind of weird middle ground of composing arranging and kind of doing a bit of both and you've done both ends of that spectrum well I think the thing to keep in mind when it comes to acapella arranging and I mean arranging here uh, separate from composing is that it's actually not that separate from composing and the reason I say that is that I think so much of the draw for acapella uh, to so many listeners is the idea of reinventing and reimagining pre-existing tunes. Uh, I think a great example of this is an arrangement of Katy Perry's The One That Got Away that my musical co-director for Underground Sound, whose name is Lisa Hawkins, uh, arranged. And um, for those of you who, for some reason, don't know the original, it's... Uh, <laughs> pop song with a lot of heavy drums doing on and on exactly like that (laughs) exactly like that clearly i am not a vocal percussionist folks (laughs) anyway uh it's got a lot of heavy percussion that is very continuous and very steady it does not have a lot of dynamic contrast um it's very clunky and although i do like the song It is a song about regret and heartbreak that does not treat the subject with a lot of delicacy when it comes to its Mm -hmm. musical expression. Uh, So when Lisa Hawkins arranged the song for the group, she completely reimagined it. And she basically took took the melody and she took the chords and just ran with it in a completely new direction. So she reinvented it as an actual ballad 
to match the words better. And it has a lot of all the all the acapella ballad things, the long whole <laughs> the oohs and the ohs and the ahs and the so on and so forth. And it's really not very much like the original. But I think while Lisa Hawkins is not a composer, she did a lot of compositional work in this yeah. specific context. So I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I really like your distinction there, composing, compositional work. I think... I think kind of unfortunately what a lot of people think when they hear the word composer, they think of like singer-songwriter, writing a melody and everything. And I like that you're making it clear like, no, it's a bit of a broader topic than that. It's about instrument instrumentation. It's about timbre. Um, oh, it's absolutely. It can, the way that you voice an acapella song can change absolutely everything about it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And Maybe I'll get burned at the stake for saying this. Don't tell my boss. But I think there are a lot of things that acapella doesn't do well, and not because people aren't trying to arrange, but just because it can't do well, uh, can't do it that well. I've heard a lot of tunes where done acapella, and I'm like, you know, this song just shouldn't be done acapella, just because we literally the human voice doesn't have the tools. It doesn't have the, um, you know, percussion, vocal percussion is cool and innovative as of an art as it is it's not as powerful as like um the phil collins song coming in the air tonight i think it's that song could work really well acapella with like ooze and stuff and really kind of restrained and awesome but then when you get to that crazy drum fill in the middle it's you really it's just the impact of that it just can't really be done acapella and i think i saw one group do it uh and i think they almost had to make it kind of comedic in that sense, because there's just not a way you can create this awe-inspiring, like, just even in terms of full-on volume, you just can't create that with vocal percussion. Um, and if I'm wrong and someone's done it, please send me the link. I would love to hear it. Um, but there's things overall that I think acapella just doesn't do as well and can't do as well because of the tools we're given. And I think exactly what Lisa did with the one who got away is like, okay, you know, this song... It, it as it is it'd be kind of weird if we just did it straight acapella if you took the notes and literally like had the bass sing exactly the bass guitar yeah. the sopranos do Ooh. the like treble notes it's just not going to come across as well and i think and um, as someone who is as someone who is in the audience when um i heard this performed uh i thought it was fantastic and it was a great reimagining not even full-on reimagining but just read readaptation that required a lot of thought and it's not just straight on okay i hear an a let me write that down in my music and like directly correspond a certain vocal part to a certain vocal instrument you have to make it kind of your own i thought what lisa did was fantastic i agree i mean that's absolutely true the in the original song the right hand of the piano is just doing chord arpeggiations and if you were just handed that to the sopranos that would have sounded like garbage and also really annoying and they so, have good I'm sopranos that... folks they have great sopranos and it still would have been and not it still that great. would have been and i've seen that yeah. many times where people just take they treat it less as a compositional adaptation thing and treat it more as like i'm it's a dictation project we just want to get all the notes on the page and i think oh, your yeah. point makes a lot of sense we've both seen that i think your point makes a lot of sense in the greater context of acapella and acapella originals so let's let's dig into that a little bit and we're going to take a listen guys from uh a song by a very good friend of mine i was actually sitting next to him part of the time he composed it and he asked me to sing part of it i couldn't do it because 
was bad at reading music back then. Um, but this is a tune called Dark Place. And we're talking a lot about composition and arranging the difference between that. This is full-on composition now, folks. This is, he just sat down and wrote this. This is a song called Dark Place. This is arranged, not arranged. <laughs> See, the fact that I just said arranged, me it says something about how ingrained that idea is in the mindset, the cultural mindset of acapella. This is Dark Place written, composed, lyrics and all, by a close friend of mine, Duncan Toomey. He is the leader, he's not the leader, but he is one of the um, one of the leaders of Crossman, the uh, quartet at St. Olaf College. They are great. I highly recommend you check them out on YouTube. So uh, this is not Crossman performing this. This is a group called Cloud Nine based here in Portland, and it features Duncan on the solo. This is a tune called Dark Place, and let's just take a listen to it. I've only done things that ought not to be done Throughout my life I've fought the fight that can never be won Throughout my years I've only seen things that cannot be unseen Throughout my years there've only been things that should never have been but if you are with me, maybe the world ain't such a dark place after all. Can't you see? Maybe the world ain't such a dark place after all. On every face I see the face of another past on. I've seen the joy turn into tears when the love is gone The world is such a painful place, it's hard for us to survive It's not about what we destroy as long as we're still alive But if you are with me Maybe the world ain't such a dark place after all If it can be Maybe the world ain't such a dark place after all When I'm with you the darkness fades and the world is alright and I will never be afraid as long as you are my light. And in your absence, I will learn to see the world as you do. And then the darkness will all fade the way it does around you. Because you are with me. I know the world ain't such a dark place after all And I see that the world ain't such a dark place after all Dark place after all Dark place after all Gotta love that 
echo at the end. Actually, it's not even an echo. It's what uh, ambience, that whole thing. Um, so, Daniel, what are your thoughts on this tune? So, I really like this tune. Uh, this is, hmm, I think something worth noting mm-hmm. before we dig in is the perspective from which I am coming. Yeah. Um, and I think the frame of reference that I have is going to be, for one, pretty different from most lay folk listening, <laughs> and then for another, <laughs> pretty different from a lot of acapella arrangers and maybe even most of the composers, mm-hmm. um, in so much as, because of my four years in the University of Puget Sound School of Music, I'm primarily a class, a contemporary classical music composer. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, what mm-hmm. I mean is I compose a lot for instruments and for classical operatic voices. Um, and the reason I bring that up is that... Uh, Something about this song that I really like that is actually very reminiscent of a lot of the classical music that I listen to and that I have modeled a lot of my music on is the idea of motives. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean recognizable yeah. musical ideas. Um, and I say that because I, on first listening to this song, I can recall, and if you are with me, mm-hmm. that is completely recognizable. I can tell what that musical idea is. Yep. And... One thing I love about this piece is that it has so many distinctly recognizable and then repeated musical ideas. So many original songs, I've noticed, sort of float their way through some ideas, and they don't use them again. They don't develop them. They don't develop them. And admittedly, all these comments I'm giving are very much Western classical music ideas. Mm -hmm. That being said... I do personally like them, and I like the fact that this song does make use of them to an extent or another. Um, also, I really do like the lyrics. The lyrics are great. Um, lyrics, are, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a that's another boat I'd like to get into. Yeah. Oh, that's in, a whole in, other boat we're gonna get on. Just with. talking. <laughs> so, just talking about the music. I really like this song because it has um, a very recognizable melody mm-hmm. that that I can recall. And it uses the music to highlight the text very effectively. I agree. And my kind of thought on this, when I first heard it, um, so I think it's important to describe where Duncan was coming from when he wrote this. He had not taken um, a lot of music theory. Duncan's uh, dad is a great choral director, and you know he taught him a bunch of stuff, but he hadn't sat down and I think gone through like voice leading rules and all that so you'll hear in this there's a lot of parallel fifths and octaves and duncan at one point told me he's like oh uh when you perform it you know redo that so the voice leading is like correct and i'm like you know what no and we didn't and because i think the parallel octaves the parallel fifths they're so clear the cadences are very obvious and it's very it's the whole thing is very obvious when it's the phrase is ending um but just as a motive the way oh um it's breaking a lot of voice leading rules but it does so so unashamedly and early on i mean within the first four measures it really embraces that sound and like you said daniel it's kind of a motive and it's part of the fabric of the piece and he develops it and he just goes with it it's you know he yeah he breaks a voice leading rule but he does it in the very beginning of the piece and it's part of the piece and I love it. The parallel thirds, oh, parallel thirds are fine for all you music theory nerds, but parallel fifths, you know, usually like, ah, don't do that. 
But I love that. I love the whale. And it's also just from a maybe a choral perspective, that's very clear parallel fifths and thirds and cadences like that. They're really good to like second to check in with the tuning and make sure we're all going to the same place. So it's not a very hard song to do in that sense. Um, and that's why I, that's one of the reasons I really like it. Um, another reason that going kind of back to your point, the, but if you are with me, um, because acapella has so much less to work with, and we talked about this earlier, percussion's hard to do, stuff like that. Um, that's based on the, and I hate to say this, the weaknesses of the human voice, the things that the human voice and the human body cannot do. And, you know, we, the human voice can literally just do less than a whole band or an orchestra. So creating a really engaging musical texture, it's left up to, you know, melody, voice, uh, voice, but melody, um, vocal percussion, voice, texture, all that, that's much harder to do with literally less tools at your disposal. Um, excuse me. And um, <coughs> uh, as a result, um, melodies in acapella have to be really good. I think this melody is fantastic. The um, uh, dark place after all, that is for music theory nerds, fa mi do so fa mi, and that's ridiculously catchy to me. It's just I love that. That's what that's personally my favorite part. Um, it's I you know maybe this Daniel I I would consider that from my limited you know knowledge with composing I would consider that a very well done catchy melody. It's a little you know it's got sevenths and uh, thirds and jumps around, but it does so in a way that one yeah it's it's pleasant to hear and listen to but it's also not just like simple trashy pop you know where it's just like do do re do do ti do it's leapy and it's it's a little complicated but it's i i think it's great what are your opinions on just that line no i totally agree and something that you have mentioned to me in these notes is the fact that duncan thought of the idea of the way this melody would be shaped, especially in the chorus, mm -hmm. by uh, being inspired by yodeling, yep. uh, in so much using different registers of the human voice. Um, and I think that's a great idea. So yeah. something you have yeah. thought of many times at this point is the fact that the human voice has certain weaknesses. And moreover, it ultimately does not have such a crazy wide diversity of timbres yeah. in so much as just... You just can't make a voice sound like a violin on its high E string yeah. trilling away. Cannot make no bass can ultimately sound like the crash of octaves in the left hand of a piano. Yeah. So something that he's exploiting here very effectively to me are the different registers in his own voice. Yeah. He's putting up into head voice and it makes it so that the sound is very distinct. And I mean imagine if he didn't flip it'd be So with you with me it would be so. Oh, it just—it's. <laughs> uh, it would just be almost more like rock esque in a sense. I actually heard yeah. one of our. I showed this to one of our uh, uh, students, our fellow—not students, our peers—and they kind of sang it the way. I'm like, no, 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 you can't do it like that. You can't do it all full voice. Well, maybe you can. The whole point is the register jump. That's that is the critical yeah, part. And the register jump. Is, yeah. It gives it a certain delicacy. If you are with me, and yeah. if you with me. It makes it so much more delicate and yeah. gives so much more meaning to it. Yeah. Then it's belted. It's like, ah, oh, all right. If you if you're with me, you're gonna like smack me in the face <laughs> with a bat or something. <laughs> that yeah, go all Walking Dead on you. Um, 
I yeah, I love that. And then one other part of this song that I really really like is um, in the middle. I want to say sec- halfway through the second verse, we just get ah, oh. and that's just literally we just have that in octaves between the bass and I believe the first tenor part. I don't have the music in front of me right now, but that is so just like stripping everything away in a song that's already like fairly simple. I actually did this purposely simple. I did this for. Um, my we have a dictation project we have to do an oral skills and um i just you know i could i could pretty much hear all the notes and it wasn't a complex texture but it was one that knew exactly what it wanted to be and was like okay i'm gonna have this do 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 simple melody and the point that we're getting across here is this little kind of high percussive thing and going even a step farther and taking everything away and literally just being on unison on the tonic that's daring and i would say it's damn effective because it pulls the audience back in if they're getting i don't know if it not that they would lose them but it makes the soloist front and center it reminds them hey this is like the guy this is what you should be thinking about these lyrics and again it gets out of the way so we can draw attention to the lyrics um do you have any more thoughts on this i just think the biggest thing is uh taking the vocal tools stretching them and that is i i think it's great no, I, I absolutely agree. I would just say that something the song is doing very effectively, aside from all the things we already mentioned, is, as you alluded to just a moment ago, it's using texture to its advantage. Yeah. This is a song for essentially four voices, am I correct? Yep. Uh, four, uh, sorry, yeah, four, four voices plus solo. Plus solo. Mm-hmm. Um, so five voices if you include the soloist. And that means you do not have a lot to work with. Like, you can't... If you drop out one voice, it's going to be really oh, yeah. noticeable. And when he's doing that, when Duncan is using that tool, dropping out voices or bringing them together in unison or octaves, it makes such a difference. And he's using that to delineate the form of the piece and different emotion, its emotional content really effectively. And yeah. that's something that, yeah. in all honesty, a lot of traditional pop music like on the radio doesn't do it doesn't change texture it doesn't drop out instruments or bring them in all that effectively usually yeah i absolutely agree and um one last thing on this piece you know uh timbermen sung this my group uh at in this past fall uh for those of you who are listening it's just a really fun song to sing it's ridiculously enjoyable daniel i hope you get to sing it sometime especially the solo you sound great on that um, it's very fun, and like you said, it's not only like how the voices go together and the cadences and the parallels. Um, it's just nice to sing. It's nice to hear. It's simple. It's fun. Duncan, great job on this if you're listening. You better be because you're going to be a guest on this soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, folks, we're going to take just a quick break here, and we'll be right back. And next we're going to listen to a tune by our own Daniel Wolfert. So we'll be right back here on Tacapella. You're listening to Acaville, streaming acapella music 24 hours a day and online at acaville.com. Great music, no strings, or brass, or... And we're back. Uh, Folks, it's just a reminder who did that last song that was composed by Duncan Toomey. It was called Dark Place. The recording you just heard was by Cloud9, a Portland group. And you should listen to Duncan's group, the Crossman, over at St. Olaf College. Check out their Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube channel. 
So coming up next, we're going to listen to a song called The Horizon is Ours, uh, composed by a really bad composer named Daniel Wolfert. He's on the show today. He's the worst. He's oh. I, I really just don't like him at all, mainly just because of his face. His face is just hard to look at. That, it, it's pretty bad. All right, folks. So this is – or Daniel, did you want to say anything before we play this? Um, or should we just jump right in? You know what? Let's just jump right in. Let's. We're jumping, folks. You can't see it, but we're jump. We, we just jumped. Yeah, all right. We, we right here, right now. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Hear my words you said, hear the tale I tell before you let me go. Open hands you said, open hands can hold much more than you can know. All we are you said, all we've ever been was sailors on the shore. But the sea, you said, but the sea was made to make horizons yours. The horizon is I'm ours. I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna make it mine 
God, I really like that song, Daniel. Congratulations on that. So, folks, just uh, in case you're just joining us, that was The Horizon is Ours, composed by my guest today, Daniel Wolfert. That was also the lead uh, tenor part was sung by him, and the female part was sung by Lisa Hawkins, the other co-director. That was all performed by Underground Sound, University of Puget Sound's co-ed mixed a cappella group. Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about this song? Cool. Well, I started composing this song about four years ago in bits and pieces, and I just had spare aspects of it lying around, and I was trying to figure out how to put them together. It wasn't until maybe three months ago that suddenly all the pieces clicked into place, and um, I composed it in a sort of wild frenzy at the very end of January in order to have my acapella group learn it so they could perform it as the grand finale of my senior composition recital, which was two weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, it was a whirlwind of uh, an adventure getting it done and learning it, but um, it's a song that I would probably consider to be the best pop song I've ever written, and I used to write a lot of them, so mm-hmm. I'd like to think something. Anyway... Uh, so, hmm, what aspects of it do you think we should explore? Well, I just find it interesting. You know, one thing I wanted to touch on is there's this idea of, again, I've said this so many times, but acapella being an adaptive art. And in that sense, I think there's this really bad idea out there and incorrect that acapella doesn't have a genre and that it's just it's either all the genres or it isn't a genre. It's just like a mode. But to me, hearing this, it it sounds like an acapella song and I'm kind of almost like confused at why I think that, but it's all there. And it just like, I'm not saying sounds in terms of just like, well, they're, it's clearly being sung. Um, but in terms of the musical ideas, the texture, I mean, of course the texture, but in how the phrases flow and how it emphasizes certain points, certain vocalists, um, it sounds like an acapella song to me. And I, uh, and this is a compliment. You could, I bet there are plenty of people who just be like, oh, I just don't know this song. Um, I don't know the original, but this is the original, and that's the trick. Um, but I love this. And I, 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 God, I just was rocking out to this while cleaning my room the other day. What, what does the musical language kind of draw on, in a sense? Is there any genres you explored? I mean, because it's clearly like pop based, but it's also got some like rock, and it's not full pop to the point where it's just like, I'm never annoyed by it, pretty much. That is a big, that's a big relief to me. Uh, that's a great, that's a really great point, actually. So when it comes to the way that I developed this musical language, I took a lot of things into consideration, but uh, let's just examine the melody, for example. Um, a lot, a common trait amongst radio pop melodies of today, but also pretty commonly of the past two, was that they are if not completely pentatonic, then primarily pentatonic. And when I say that, I mean they use primarily the pentatonic scale. Uh, if you're not a music theory nerd, uh, I guess you'll just have to go look up what that means. <laughs> but it is a very common fact that most melodies in pop music tend to, if not use only the pentatonic scale, then mostly the pentatonic scale. Yeah. So you'll hear that in even the first line of the melody. Hear my words you said. Do, re, mi, sol, re. Yes. That's the entire pentatonic scale. And the melody exists almost solely in that. Um, so for that reason, it sounds 
without you knowing why, it will start to sound like some radio pop melody you probably just have can't remember. Yeah. Um, aside from that, something that I read once upon a time is that most good pop melodies exist within roughly between a fifth and an octave. I believe maybe that. not completely, but most pop melodies will exist somewhere in that range. And so most of the song does exist within a fifth. The horizon is ours. All of that is within a fifth. And it makes it so that it's it sounds, again, like it's drawing on radio pop musical language. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to harmony, it's pretty uh, diatonic. There's not a lot of chromaticism. There's only a little bit that sneaks in there during the chorus. And it does so so subtly that I think most listeners wouldn't even realize it was happening unless they looked at the sheet music. And that's, again, that's another pop trait, is that the lack of chromaticism. Um, if I use more chromaticism, it might start to sound kind of jazzy. It might sound yeah. like blues or something of that nature. God forbid they hear a seventh chord. Yeah, like the, I don't think there are any seventh chords. There are some cluster chords, but that doesn't sound crazy new or scary. Uh, so aside from the, the musical language, oh, one um, thing I really eight, like, um, yeah, and this is just this is just kind of my perspective, my arranging teacher, who is Duncan, by the way, Duncan Toomey from Dark Place that we just heard. Yeah. Um, kind of when he and I arranged together, and he really taught me the basics of arranging. It's because acapella is so where there's so little tools um, available in terms of range and uh, instrumentation. It's really good, and I found this to be very true of pretty much any acapella arrangement I really liked, is to start small. And I love the beginning, it's just dum ba dum And it's just very simple. And like I said, in a lot of the arrangements I really like, it you start as small as you can, and then it makes the end, no matter how big it actually is in terms of instrumentation or range or whatever, it just, by comparison, sounds bigger, by relativity. Um, I thought that was a very smart way to start it. You get a little rhythm going, but it's still it's you know it's on mainly on one note, and then by the end, it's there's a big evolution in terms of everything that's on the table, and I love that. I thought that was a very smart thing to do, and it showed okay, I know what acapella can do, I know what it can't do, uh, and I'm gonna make the best of that. So good on you, man. I really like that part. That's actually a good point, and I thought about that mm, to a, to a small extent, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think one of the ways in which the song is effective in its growth mm-hmm. uh, I think um, in relation to this something else that I did explicitly and consciously exploit are the different registers of the human voice um, I'm thinking specifically when it comes to a moment it's roughly like three minutes into the songs like three quarters of the way through when um, myself the alto soloist Lisa Hawkins and one solo soprano belt i'm gonna make it mine mm-hmm. and we hit the high notes of the entire song a high a flat tenor, a high c and or uh, the c above that and then the e flat above that and it's this huge glorious really high really brilliant sound mm-hmm. because finally after all this sort of mid-rangey stuff like mixed chest head voice sort of situation we finally like ascend into real like belting yeah mixed in our upper registers and it's, I exploited that very consciously so that when, when we grew from the relatively lower uh, sections beforehand, it made it so that section really was highlighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and it comes across really well. That's the part that I remember very clearly. Um, and speaking about registers, um, this is one of the benefits I see to arranging original, or God, I keep saying it, composing original acapella songs, not arranging, um, is composing for your group specifically and composing for people you know. And you can do that with arranging, of course, but I think you know, writing a melody for someone to sing who you know, and you know, oh gosh, like Lexa has a great ah vowel or something, and Denise, I, we don't know anyone named Denise, but has a great like <laughs> belt in this part of her range. Um, yeah. And you classic can get, Denise. yeah, classic Denise. And you can get so specific with that in a way that I don't think you, you sort of can with arranging uh, pre existing songs, but I think in composing, you just get that full set of what you want to do uh and exactly oh, how you want to custom I, fit I, it i custom fitted this song to to an extreme in a way to underground sound and the the sort of group that it became um and i did that in many ways with respect to the voicing it's a lot of mid-range stuff with um a lot of the high belting being saved for the end for one because i know that's what our group does well is is doing high belting but only to a certain extent um, and then with respect to the sort of emotional content, it's a song that I would either would like to think is very heartfelt, has a really positive message, has something to say that is very meaningful and sincere and beautiful. And I think that's something that our group, that underground sound pulls off effectively is this sort of sincerity and positivity in our expression. Yeah. So I couldn't, if I had tried to write like a jazzy, sexy number, it just wouldn't, it would not fly. It would sound awful. It'd be like, why are we trying to be sexy? We're not like a sexy group. We're not a sexy <laughs> group. Like that's not, that's not what we do. We're a group with a lot of heart and a lot of sincerity and a lot of positivity. So I wrote a song that had those things. I love so that. So you are correct. I really like that. I hadn't thought of that before. The idea of not composing just melodies for people who can do melodies well but composing for like in a sense the emotional identity of a group and that's really that's really fantastic and good on you for doing that and catching that i you know i i have found for me the songs that i have sung best in my acapella groups are ones that i really click with like i i don't know i've done solos for classical stuff or even solos in acapella that i'm just like yeah this is fine i'm doing this because i want to sing it but I'm not doing this because it comes from a certain place. The lyrics don't jive with me, but I'm doing it because, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. But songs that I really love and that I've practiced a lot, I mean, practicing, of course, is that's a good thing. But songs <laughs> that I have a legitimate attachment to, I know it sounds very Disney-esque, very fairy tale. I've sung those much better than I've sung no, stuff that I don't care about. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, lyrics, that's a really interesting idea. I used to be someone, and maybe I still am. Maybe you can convince me. I'm just kind of like, yeah, lyrics, whatever. Cool. Um, but uh, the lyrics in this, I really, really liked. And I think that's because I know you guys, and I know and I know you very well. And I kind of know, in a sense, most, you know, I know you sound members pretty well, and I know how they're going to approach this. And to me, as like this kind of privileged audience member, having knowing you and knowing the group pretty intimately, um, 
it means I get a real sense of where they're coming from. It doesn't feel fake at all when I like heard this or when I watched the video from your recital. It felt very honest. And you can, in addition to just like how it sounds, you can just see that. You can see that on their faces. You can see that in the movements. Uh, and it comes through fantastically. Thank you. That is really good to hear. Uh, I think the question of the lyrics, which is a subject I'd like to actually step into if we may. No, oh, we absolutely uh, may. It, uh, is one that is, I don't want to say contentious. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is tricky. It's tricky in acapella when it comes to um, original music. And I think, well, to put this in context, the reason I say that is that I didn't actually listen to very much acapella music when I wrote this. I actually listened to a lot of more traditional pop music with instruments mm -hmm. and then just reimagined how would this, how would my emotional and musical ideas translate into an acapella pop setting, yeah. given what I know about acapella pop music. Um, but that being said, when it came to listening to other acapella songs, I really didn't. And one of the big reasons, honestly, is that a lot of the original acapella music that I found just didn't strike me as being, for one, terribly emotionally sincere, mm -hmm. and for another, being well-crafted with respect to its lyrics. Yeah. Um, so, step back. A reason, something else worth noting is that, alongside being primarily a classical composer, I was a poet and a writer, a fiction writer, before I was even a musician of any kind. And so, for me, words mean a lot. Uh, this is not true. I, I know that there are a lot of audience members for whom lyrics are sort of <laughs> in a way, just sort of a tool for singing. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. That's their opinion. Um, but for me, I will say that lyrics can definitely make or break a song um, just as much as music can. Uh, so when it came to writing, yeah, so when it came to writing the lyrics for this, um, that was probably the hardest part, actually. And I'm really proud of how the lyrics come, come across and what they ended up being because something that I feel they have is they have a lot of trajectories. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a word that I think is really important when it comes to my perspective. The concept of lyrical, as well as musical, trajectory. And I think that's something I've achieved well in Horizon. So what I mean when I say that is this song is called The Horizon is Ours. We use the word horizon a lot. <laughs> we say things about the horizon, and it's sort of like, Okay, the audience is listening through. They're like, I'm not listening to every single word you're saying, but I'm getting the word horizon. Like, well, what about it? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you saying about the horizon? And the really big, super dramatic moment that I mentioned earlier is when the ensemble goes, the horizon. And there's a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. And then my yeah. the tenor solo, uh, alto solo and one soprano belts at the top of our ranges. Gotta make it mine. That's the moral of the story. What are you, what am I saying about the horizon? I'm saying I'm going to make it mine. And so it has a trajectory. It has a purpose. Mm -hmm. I agree. You, so, well, I think you just convinced me on lyrics are important. You just, right there, boom, I'm converted now, like that. Um, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> fantastic. Folks, we're going to take just a quick break here. We're going to listen to one more tune when we get back here on Tacapella. You're listening to Acaville, streaming acapella music 24 hours a day online at acaville.com. Acaville, where people know the hashtag symbol is for more than social media. <laughs> 
And we're back, folks. If you're just joining us, this is Talkapella, Acaville Radio's newest talk show. I'm John Lampus. The guest today is Daniel Wolfert. And we've been talking a lot about original acapella tunes. Uh, so we just finished listening to The Horizon is Ours, an original tune by Daniel. And that was sung by him and his group, Underground Sound. They are University of Puget Sound's collegiate mixed acapella group. Check them out. They are fantastic. And now we're going to listen to something that is by neither of us have sung and neither of us are in this group. Uh, this is a tune by one of the in my opinion, probably biggest original acapella names out there. This is by Forte, an acapella group, and this is they are a high school group, and they this they've released two original uh, two albums full of original acapella tunes. This is from the album Uncharted Heart, and this is a tune called Before the Flood. And Daniel and I both have some thoughts on this. We like it, and we got we want to say them into microphones and sound smart. So we're gonna hear is Before the Flood by Forte from their album Uncharted Heart. The ocean is a sad place Salty with the tears of blind rage We're swimming to the antidote We won't wait Through random tragedies and blind faith We'll stack the odds and play a new game Something that we can
is energizing daniel your thoughts hmm my thoughts i like that's my thought right, too hmm. no <laughs> it's just making a joke mm. don't worry about i it. like the song shut up john <laughs> and uh one thing in particular that i like about it is how distinctive and recognizable the musical idea of fla, uh, 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 i agree is. i also just think uh, i love that title before the flood, I don't know that. Like just looking when we it's were looking a very at, title. yeah, like it's just, definitely right. I see it and I'm like, ooh, I wonder what that song's about. What's, and what was the flood? Knows. Are we going all Halo yeah. here, or is this a actual water? Um, and you know, there's something to. There's a lot to be said for that actually. And again, I'm someone who was a writer and a poet before I was a musician. Mm-hmm. So for me, words have a lot of impact on the way I see things. So a title like Before the Flood, especially in comparison to other songs, like The Cure, other songs on Forte's album where this song was first uh, Uncharted shown. Uncharted Heart, yeah. Yeah, on the other songs on Uncharted Heart, they're called things like Insomnia and The Cure. And I mean, not that those are bad titles, but they don't capture me the way that a title like Before the Flood does. Yeah, I think um, the idea of... I mean, just speaking very generally here, I feel like you don't see the word flood much in like pop music. You just don't see that word. Yeah. And I mean, this is something, this is actually ties in well with what I was saying before about lyrics, especially in Horizon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, in the song The Horizon is Ours, in so much as the lyrics have very striking visuals. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's something that a lot of pop songs, even non-acapella originals, um, just pop songs in general lack, but especially a lot of pop originals, sorry, acapella originals tend to lack is striking lyrics. Yeah. And I think a, an image like Say Goodbye to Life Before the Flood, it's almost biblical. It is almost biblical. I absolutely agree. Um, what also just strikes to me is also like, Try, I want to know what did like just in looking at the titles. I want to know what what happened before the flood. Like what this idea of before, like literally just in terms. I would buy a book that says before the flood. I would open a link that says before the flood. Forte, that's good marketing. Shout out to you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the music. I found it very. I love the. Uh, 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 I I also like that. Like they didn't go flood 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 uh, uh, like re-emphasize the uh, yeah. fl it just it would sound a little weird um i've also fl is kind of hard to vocalize on repeatedly um yep. but if i found it super catchy i found it in like similar to horizon and just making good use of the what what their tools were the like timbres that worked well voices that worked well uh i don't know the history of um 
who wrote this in the group. I want to say it's the soloist. And that's always nice, just like is it in, in every other song we've listened to, but I haven't mentioned this yet. You know, it's okay. If I'm writing a solo for myself, you know, if I'm going to compose that, I'm going to make it sound pretty good. I'm going to choose the exact parts of my range that are going to come out the best. And to me, that's what I hear here. Even maybe she didn't write the song. I'm pretty sure she did. But um, it fits her voice very well, especially because it doesn't go that high. Um, but I never, it, you know, it doesn't have it doesn't have a high belt. But I never felt like it wasn't energized. Yeah, you know, that's a great point, and that's something that I took into consideration when I wrote my song. And I'm sure that that's something that um, Duncan took into consideration when he wrote mm. Dark Places keeping in mind who you're writing for um especially when it comes to your solo which is arguably the entire point yeah. of so many acapella songs is so crucial and i think this song really does make very good use of its soloist's voice and saving the higher belt for the end but even then the higher belt is not a stretch and yeah. i mean keep in mind of but these are high school students, so yeah, that's what I always forget. Yeah, it's it's well, it's I mean, for high school students, this is very well sung. The voices do not sound, and I know this is getting more on um, vocal stuff and not uh, compositional ideas, but just um, well, actually, it does because it's it's suited for their voices. I I if you know if I have a high school choir, I would I would have them do this. I think it's a good song that doesn't push them to the point. I mean, it pushes them, but it wouldn't push them to the point where uh, we're vocally fatigued. This is too much. We can't perform this. I loved it. Yeah. Yes. It's very effective in that sense. Absolutely. So, that being Absolutely. said, you also mentioned you had some reservations about it. I'm curious. Um. You know. I think. I I think, and maybe this is unfair criticism. I just want, uh, and it, as a pop song, I just wanted to see what more harmonically could happen, like go even crazy. But they did get there, and there was a really good cluster there in uh, like the three fourths of the way through that I loved. And I almost just wanted, I just wanted more of that. I loved that, and that's and that's more personal taste than like qualitative, objective musical like criticism. Overall, I would give this song like an eight point five, eight point nine, nine out of ten. I think it's fantastic, and I think it just does a lot of good things just existing as a piece for the idea of original acapella tunes. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, all things considered, it's very striking in so many different ways, and so for an original acapella tune to be so striking yeah, is very impressive. I like, agree. It, I, I, even, even if I don't love every aspect of it, I can remember... I can remember most of it. Yeah, I'm going to go download this on iTunes, and I'll probably listen to it on the ride home. And that, folks, is about an hour, or just about an hour. Um, thank you for listening to Tacapella. This was hosted by myself, John Lampus. My guest today, Daniel Wolfert. Uh, you can tweet at me at, at John Lampus. Daniel, do you have a Twitter? I do not have a Twitter, although if you would like to hear my own original music, including The Horizon is Ours, then you can find it on my YouTube channel, D-Wolf Makes Music. <laughs> That's great. Also, feel free to tweet at us at, at Ockerville Radio. Folks, thanks so much for listening to the second episode of Tacapella, but even more, Daniel, thank you for being a fantastic guest. I would love to have you on again sometime, because I don't think this is a topic we have mined everything out of yet. Guys, Acapella Originals is a fun, exciting new frontier. Daniel, I believe those are actually your words. Um, 
uh, that you told me. <laughs> Get out there, compose, guys. Throw yourself into it. Make some cool music. Record it. Get it out there. Even if it's not great, you're pushing the art forward by putting your creative ideas out there. Folks, this has been Tacapella. Thank you so much for listening. Daniel, thanks for being a fantastic guest. And please enjoy, since we've been talking so much about how classically trained we are, we're going to play ourselves out today with a little Chopin by the Swingle Singers. And everyone, for everything acapella, keep it here on Acaville. here at Acaville that our love and hopefully your love of acapella music will encourage you to overlook the occasional problem or detail we're still working out on our end. We're pretty new at all this. But one thing we know for sure is we could always use more help. If you're interested in helping us out and you love the genre as much as we do, and you've got a little time that you wouldn't mind to sparing for us, we'd sure appreciate the help. Drop us a note at onair at acaville.com and let's talk about it. Thanks.